Space, the final frontier. This is the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. Its mission to explore the solar system, to seek out new observations and data, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. And now the host of the Observer's Notebook, Tim Robertson. Hello and welcome to episode 113 of the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. I'm Tim Robertson, the host of the Observer's Notebook and also the coordinator of the training program within the ALPO. Thanks for downloading and listening. The ALPO collects and analyzes observations of various solar system bodies and associated phenomenon and publishes these detailed reports concerning these bodies in its quarterly publication, The Journal of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. This podcast but depends upon donations from you, our listeners, to keep it alive. If you do enjoy what you hear in the podcast, you can donate to it via Patreon by giving as little as $1 a month. If you feel even more generous, for $5, you receive early access to the podcast before it goes public. For a monthly donation of $10, you receive a copy of the Novice Observer's Handbook. And for $35 a month, you receive producer credits on the podcast. You can help us out by going to www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, dot com forward slash Observer's Notebook. If you'd like to join the Alpo, you can for as little as $18 a year. For more information, visit us on the internet at alpo-astronomy.org. And yes, we are also on the Facebook. Just search for ALPO Astronomy. And this podcast also has a Facebook page as well. Just search for Observer's Notebook. And if you enjoy what you hear in the podcast, please, please, please subscribe. That way you'll never miss another episode. And now, episode 113 of the Observer's Notebook podcast. And we're going to talk about our brand new youth section. Enjoy. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back to this edition of the Observer's Notebook podcast. Today we have a special guest, the coordinator of the youth section for the ALPO, Pam Shivek. Welcome, Pam. Hello. Thank you. How are you today? I'm awesome on this beautiful Southwest Florida 80 degree day. Uh, Yes, it's nice out there. Yeah, yeah. So why don't you give everybody a little bit of background about yourself before we get into the topic today? Oh, okay. Um, Well, um, my husband, Randy Shivek, and I are originally from Ohio. Uh, We moved out to Arizona for a while um, for his astronomy, but uh, I wanted to be east of the Mississippi because that's where my family is. So he uh, lovingly moved to Florida for me. (laughs) So um, he is the, he's actually the astronomer. He's been doing, you know, astronomy for 50 years and he's uh, accomplished solar astronomer so yes he is yeah um so um i'm a nasa solar system ambassador Mm -hmm. i'm the solar section person for alpo and i'm also i was also appointed the alpo youth coordinator on april april 23rd 2020. So coming up on my one year anniversary. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Someone volunteered me for that, so I won't mention anybody's I name. I have no idea who that person is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so 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 great. Now, how did you get involved with the Alpo? Uh, well, I originally got involved um, by uh, Rick Hill, the okay. the solar um, section person, leader, mm-hmm. whatever he is, um, coordinator. Yeah. coordinator. Um, so that's how I got involved with solar. He was at, um, one of the Prescott Valley, uh, um, astronomy club meetings. And then we got to chatting and somehow I just get roped into all these things, but <laughs> that's okay. That's good. So, so you're, anyway, you're retired. We, my husband and I are both retired and, um, we were traveling around the country doing uh, star parties and talks mm-hmm. and all that, but you know, that's that's shut down now. But that's okay. I guess it's for the the greater good. Um, um, but you can really reach a lot of people uh, via the internet and social media, and you know that that exp- that's exponentially how you can uh, get the word out to people, um, you know, in a much larger way than, you know, individual astronomy clubs or individual star parties, you know, you, you, Mm -hmm. you put something out to one astronomy club, they've got members, they do outreach, they talk about that, blah, 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 on and on. So, I mean, and, and worldwide too. Right. Yeah. I know our local astronomy club, they, uh, this the the pandemic really hit them hard, and uh, you know they they had they didn't know what to do. They were not no one was really prepared on how to deal with this. And now they now they're finally doing monthly Zoom meetings. But that's you know it, it took a while to get to that point because you know we're all locked down basically, and we can't get out, and you can't attend star parties, you know, and things like that. So you know I heard the Texas star party is going to go on this year, which is going to be interesting to. To, to see how that happens, but that's, you know. Yeah. And, you know, like um, sometimes good comes out of bad, you know, mm-hmm. like not everyone could go to the Texas star party, right. but now, you know, people from all over the world can attend and listen to the speakers, you know, just like um, uh, Scott Roberts does a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, zoom meetings and the winter star party's gone virtual and right. just, you know, it's, it's not a bad thing. You know? Yeah, the ALPO's annual conference. We went virtual this year, and we had more people in attendance than we've ever had before online. There you go. You know, and it was it was, and we reached people all over the world. It was pretty pretty an amazing event. In fact, that's what we're going to do again this year. We're going to have our another uh, uh, our conference again this year is going to be virtual because it oh. went off so well last year. Okay. Yeah. Now you're also involved with uh, um, uh, what's it, Solar Day, or what 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 do you call it? Oh, um, yeah, well, uh, International Sunday. International Sunday, that's right. Right. So um, so we're also, we also have a solar activity Facebook that has almost 25,000 members from all over the world. And um, so I actually am the, the brainchild of International Sunday. You know, it's, I, I, I thought like, well, look at, all, look at all these star parties all over the country. And this was in 2014. Mm-hmm. Look at all these star parties all over the country. Like, And with uh, 
my husband Randy and our our friends uh, John O'Neill, being mm-hmm. solar people, were like, "Oh, we need to have a solar star party." But I can't take you know I can't take that on. I was, you know, it's it's a big deal to put on these trade shows and star right. parties, and so my brainchild was, "Let's do." Um, a virtual, basically, um, solar star party. So it was dubbed International Sunday. And it was just a a virtual event. Well, it could be virtual and real, you know, at the Mm -hmm. time, um, where people just celebrate the sun in any way they want to, you know, by having a public or private star party, setting up telescopes, one person, thousands of people, um, you know, you could paint a picture, you could write a poem, you could do anything you want to, you know, celebrate the sun, uh, on a specific day. Uh, it's usually, you know, I, I switched it around to try to accommodate people who, um, worldwide were having, mm-hmm. uh, monsoons, right. <laughs> and that, bad weather in, in June, but I, I'm going to try to keep it on the, um, the summer solstice. Okay. Um, so it's once and, a year. Um, yeah. Once a year, June 21st or, or thereabouts, you know, it could be whatever's convenient for anybody. You know, it's, it's nothing set in stone. You know, there's no awards. It's just a, a way for people to participate, um, all over the world. I, you know, I, make a nuisance of myself by uh, inviting <laughs> people and clubs and planetariums and observatories from all over the world to um, participate. And we, we've gotten um, pretty good response um, over the years. So, so I'm proud of that. Good. Well, maybe when the time gets closer, we c- you can come on the podcast again and, and promote that as well. I can do that. <laughs> oh, fantastic. I know you love being uh, on the podcast. So I like how you wrote me into these things. <laughs> <laughs> See, I got it on air now. So it's 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 a binding contract. Oh. <laughs> so let's talk about the youth section. Now, I used to be the coordinator of the youth section, but I had a lot of things going on at the same time, and I really didn't do much with it. So I thought I'd find somebody who has a lot of time on their hands and doesn't do much. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I think we just got disconnected. I can't even no, I know if you want something done, you have to ask a busy person. And that's exactly. why I went to, and that's why I went to you because I saw okay. how you commit to things and how you work things through. So how can someone become involved with the solar sec- with the uh, youth section? Okay. Well, uh, let, first, let me read um, the Elpo Youth Mission Statement. Oh, fantastic. Good start. Okay. okay. So um, I was appointed a coordinator on April 23rd, 2020. And as of, as of this date, we have 285 members and contributors on the, the Facebook group page. Um, so members, you know, members meaning just people who have joined the Facebook group, you know, it's no like membership or you have to sign in this or pay dues. It's just, I call them members because I don't know what else to call them, but um, contributors is also a good, um, a, a good word to use um, because we, and it's, and it's just growing, you know, the words just getting out. People are busy trying to get their zoom meetings and finding out how to handle all this. But um if I could mention some contributors. Sure. Um, 
I mean, there's there's so many, uh, but like, and from all over the world, like uh, Cliff Watson from Australia, Carla Hernandez, Scott Roberts, Mark Marquette from the um, American Space Museum, Scott Harris from the Fernbank mm-hmm. Science Center, Tom Lynch, Amy Little, Pete Williamson from the UK, uh, Derek Demeter from the... Um, Emil uh, Planetarium, Kevin Cobble, Helen Mason, Deidre Kellingham from uh, Ireland. Uh, who else? Tom Lynch from the Library Telescope Project. David Weigel from the, he's a planetarium director at the U.S. Space and Rocket Center. Uh, we have people from the Aurora Sem- Sum- Summit. Uh Ron from Stardom and Space Foundation, uh, Scott Roberts, uh, Kevin Cobble, Joe Guzman, TJ Comley, Tom Pickett, David Eicher, uh, people from Tunisia Astronomy wow. Club, uh, Port- San Juan, Puerto Rico, Australia, the UK. So just, it just, it's just going to grow exponentially. And it's just like, you could just wrap your arms around all this worldwide, you know, oneness, all, all, all there on this Facebook group, um, sharing a common interest Mm -hmm. and the, the common interest being not only astronomy, but STEM space exploration, uh, rockets um, and con- contributing, but also taking what I post on there. I just, you know, scour the internet and Facebook and just post whatever I can, just, just trying to keep populating uh, the page and, you know, have it pe- pop up in people's timeline. And they're like, Oh, this good. This is good. I could take this back to my astronomy club and, and, um, you know, uh, spread it to the people in, in my, in my club. And, you know, that's, that's just what we want more of just, you know, exponentially go out there and spread the word, contribute, but take away whatever you think is useful that I'm posting. Um, so of course I got sidetracked, <laughs> but yeah, the, the, the thing is astronomy, a lot, of, like a lot of other hobbies, um, the members are getting older. And, uh, you know, that was one of the main reasons the outpost started to the youth section is to try to bring in younger members. I know, like I mentioned earlier, our local astronomy club. I mean, you know, everybody has gray hair or no hair. Right. <laughs> and, it, and it's, you know, it, that's disappointing. And we want to promote and get uh, younger people involved. So how is the youth section uh, working towards that? Right. Okay. So, um let me let me read the mission statement, and then I'll go into some ideas of how we can get our, our okay. youth involved. So the the goal of Apple's youth program is to encourage children and young adults to take an interest in astronomy, space, and outreach. We plan to achieve this goal by forming an alliance with astronomy clubs and other STEM and educational entities. It's our hope that with an ardent and ongoing effort formed with these organizations, we can come up with fun and creative ways to get youth involved with any or all aspects of space and science 
while educating them in the process. So with your help and contributions, I feel we can achieve this goal as the the ALPO youth program continues to grow with the support and cooperation and commitment of others. So you can find us on Facebook. It's www.facebook.com slash group slash Alpo Youth Program. Great. Um, so just to mention as well that the Alpo Youth Program is one part of the many great works done by the members of the Association and Lunar and Planetary Observers. So those that don't know, ELPO uh, is an international organization devoted to the study of the sun, moon, planets, asteroids, meteors, and comets. ELPO's goal is to stimulate, coordinate, and generally promote the study of these bodies using methods and instruments that are available within the communities of both amateur and professional astronomies. You're stealing my lines. I use that at the beginning of every podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's it bears repeating. Yeah, okay, very good. Oh, so please join ALPO and the different sections at www.alpo-astronomy.org. Great. Now, now during this pandemic time where you can't have star parties, um, and you're basically using social media to promote the youth program? Oh, yes, Absolutely. Okay. What are your plans after? After 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 we are unlocked and able to get out there and and do things. Oh well, um, I'm going to make a list of uh, uh, places we want to go and uh, do some traveling. You know, as things start to slowly open up. You know, our, our big thing, and it's not till 2024, is going to be the total right. solar eclipse. Um, so, and I know it's not for a while, but people are planning, trust yeah. me. <laughs> oh yeah. I already know where I'm going. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to, but I'm not going to tell you where. Me, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, uh, those are the goals and that's the outline. What else can you tell us about the youth program? Okay. So let me start with what, what the role of astronomy clubs is. Okay. Um, so... Um, and these are just things that I jotted down and um, I'm sure, you know, as people join the group and like, oh, well, here's what our astronomy club's doing. Here's what, you mm-hmm. know, here's what you, I suggest you could do, you know, that, that suggestions are always welcome because I'm only one person. My brain's only so big and um, as many would believe I'm not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so the role of astronomy clubs Uh, When it's safe to do so in these uncertain times, I would encourage astronomy clubs to have um, public day and nighttime star parties. It would be nice if they put a family day on their monthly schedule, too. You know, it's like, uh, you know, you go to astronomy clubs and it's the same old, you know, white haired people. Bring your wives, bring your kids, bring your grandkids, have a family day, make a picnic out of it. You know, just go do solar, have a picnic, have a cookout you know, go into, um, nighttime. Um, outreach like, uh, outreach events like these are a great, great way to introduce young people to the wonder of the, of the sky and get them at the eyepiece. Astronomy clubs can introduce young people and adults alike to solar astronomy, something that a lot of people don't, 
don't even know exist, that you can't safely uh, view the sun through a telescope. So solar astronomy is a whole different aspect of astronomy that just might pique the interest of a young person. If their interest does lean towards the solar astronomy, astronomy club members with solar telescopes can teach them about sunspots, prominences, flares, and other solar events related to the sun. Astronomy clubs can steer young people to the do's and don'ts of buying their first telescope. You know, how many times do you hear, oh, yeah, we bought Jimmy a telescope. It's sitting in the closet. We mm. don't know how to use it. He doesn't know how to use it. Like, okay, seek out your local astronomy club. Right. Ask the people there, how do I use this thing? Bring it to the bring it to the star party. You know, you know as well as I do, they're more than happy to. A- amateur help. astronomers love to help young astronomers learn how to use their telescopes and what they can see with it and everything. That's very, yeah, exactly. So anyway, the do's and don'ts of buying and using your first telescope. I mean, there's, there's a big topic right there. Like Mm -hmm. what kind of, what kind of telescope to even buy? So there's a lot of online resources um, that addresses that. Yeah, every Christmas season, I get questions from all over the place. And, you know, I, I, I want to get my kid, my 12-year-old, a telescope. What kind should I get him? And, you know, well, I can spend $50. Well, buy him a good book. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. A decent um, pair of binoculars, something like that. That's where you start. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, and there's a lot of, you know, like that could even be an astronomy club meeting, uh, you know, topic for the day. It's like, right. okay, it's getting Christmas time. Who, raise your hand if you want to buy your child or grandchild uh, a telescope. Uh, what What are their interests? Are they do they just like? I mean, you could tell kind of at a year, early age what they're if they're interested in astronomy at all. What they what they're leaning towards. You know, mm-hmm. it's like that. You know, if they sit there and look at the moon every night, like oh, I love the moon. Well, buy them a telescope that you could just observe you know, the, the moon with, or my, my, my astronomy interest was based upon limitations based upon where I lived. I mean, I was in the middle of the San Fernando Valley with a streetlight right across from my house. I could see the moon and the bright planets and that was it. And then you could see the sun and get into There you go. Yeah. So you always, yeah, you, always take, you always take it back to the sun, don't you? Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. you know, living with him for 50 years, it sinks in. Yeah, um, so yeah, there's a lot involved, you know, your location, your budget, what, mm-hmm. what, what your interest is, you know, how old the child is and blah, blah, blah. So, um, so another thing, um, astronomy clubs can point out different objects of astronomy that a young budding astronomer might, might want to concentrate on such as just the planets or deep sky objects, double stars, comets, messer hunting, uh, other things that I probably didn't think of. Um, so another thing is astronomy and astrophotography. So uh, <laughs> I know a lot of astrophotographers. So as many as of my seasoned astrophotography friends know, astrophotography is not for the faint of heart. No. But who doesn't like to look at pretty pictures? <laughs> so young people can get inspired to do astrophotography by looking at images taken by the Hubble telescope. Um, as long as you point out to them while they're looking at these pretty pictures, 
uh, expectations versus reality. Exactly. You know? They're going to see the big red spot or the rings of Saturn, like, oh, I want a telescope. And then they, you know, see this little bitty thing, which is mm-hmm. exciting too. But at least I could get them um, in, inspired by it. Yeah. You know, you, if they're like, blah, you, blah, you need blah. to manage the expectations when you're looking through a telescope. Yeah. Even exactly. astrophotography. I mean, I see people are posting photographs a lot, seems recently, uh, of cell phone pictures through telescopes of the moon and things like that. And yeah. yeah, yeah, that's easy to do, but you know, to, what do you, why, why are you taking it? What are you taking? You know, just don't snap a picture and say, look what I took. Well, point out the features on the moon that you saw. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, study the moon, study where, mm-hmm. you know, the, the lunar landings are, mm-hmm. find out the names of all the craters and, you know, have a, um, have a, Oh, help me out here. Have a, I don't know. Never mind. I can't think. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, the, the moon is, a, I mean, the, the have largest. A purpose, have a purpose the, of taking the picture. Exactly right. Exactly. Yeah. The largest section in the Apo is the lunar section. And it's got hundreds of, of, of uh, contributors. It's got many different sections because the moon's amazing. The moon's, I love looking at the moon. It's dynamic. Every night it looks different. The shadows are different, you know, and it's our closest neighbor. You can see so much detail on it with a small telescope. Right. Um, and even with an iPhone, cause we have an adapter that mm-hmm. I put my iPhone up and, you know, another, another uh, thing that they kids or anybody could do is take their picture of the moon with their iPhone or whatever somebody happens to have and Mm -hmm. um, do some pencil sketching. We have a lot of uh, uh, sketchers on our, on our, on our group that just like, Oh, you know, it's like, is it, is this real? Is this a picture or is this a sketch? Cause it's right. amazing. So, you know, if they're artistically inclined, you can incorporate that with um, astronomy. Right. Okay. Right. So um, another thing uh, you could su- subscribe to astronomy magazines like sky and telescope, astronomy magazine, amateur astronomy magazine, and others that contain interesting articles about astro- astronomy with pictures by amateurs, and of course, the Alpo Journal. You can also visit uh, Alpo's various sections and look at the amazing images done by amateurs there. Uh, introduce introduce young budding, budding astronomers to cameras, software, telescopes, processing techniques, tips and tricks. Um, just, just don't give them your credit card if they go to uh, <laughs> to, to knee for something like that. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. bad enough for adult adults, much less. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, another thing they could do is um, find any online sites that have uh, age bracket astronomy photo contests, mm. or you know, your astronomy club can start your own. Uh, Contest, you know, moon pictures or solar images or uh, deep sky objects. Or, Have you thought you know, about doing that on the youth uh, section uh, Facebook page? It's a, a monthly photo contest or something. Uh, well, it's it could be on my list of things to do. Yeah, and since I mean, you know, I'm sure we could come up with a 
uh, maybe a, a free membership to the Oppo or something like that for a year for okay. winners and things like that. So put that put that in your little basket of things to do. <laughs> it, it's in there. All right. Um, so what else? Uh, okay, so you can pick a celestial object and encourage your young person to take a picture even with an iPhone through a mm-hmm. telescope. Uh, before you know it, there'll be young adults and can gauge the progress progress they've made in their astrophotography endeavors. I mean, even, even my husband, Randall, you know, he, he, we look at his solar images from Mm. 15 years ago. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I hope you didn't publish that anywhere. Um, to now, you know, when he's been, he's been in magazines and, and books and uh, astronomy, uh, NASA solar picture of the day. And well, 15 years ago, his images were pretty good for the time as well. Yeah, yeah, too. So anyway, um, here's some, you know, there's great images that you could show them from the uh, Hubble telescope that's celebrating 30 years of existence and more. And we got the web telescope coming up soon. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so another thing they can do is, you know, of course, when, when things open up, uh, field trips and other points of interest, Mm -hmm. you know, um, what better way to bond with your young astronomer or your whole family other than, uh, than to spend time with them as a family visiting astronomy or space related locations. Um, how many observatories can any of you name that you can visit? They're spread all over the country. So there's bound to be one not far from where you live. Uh, most are open to the public and offer uh, great historical value as well, like um, up in up in Lowell, you know, where Clyde Trombaugh discovered Pluto. Right. So there are, um, there are also numerous space museums and science centers. <clears throat> you can plan a visit to the Kennedy uh, Space Center Visitor Complex in Florida or the Space Center in Houston in Texas. You might even be able to have lunch with an astronaut uh, like uh, the Kennedy Space Center offers. Yeah, I've done that. You have? Yeah, I have. That was fun. Yeah. Um, Or better yet, uh, take your family to watch a live rocket launch. It's an exhilarating experience and might just uh, inspire a future astronaut. There you go. And we have those launches out here in California, too, at Edwards or at at Vandenberg Air Force Base as well. Yeah. I've been to many of those, a few of them my own. Um, Awesome. Yeah, we went to the two launches of the the solar solar launches, missions to the sun. We went to the Parker Solar Probe launch. Mm Mm-hmm. And the Solar Orbiter launch, which oh, just amazing. Um, and we can even even watch them from our backyard, even though we're um, well, we were at the Kennedy Space Center then, but uh, mm. we, we're on the Gulf side here. But we can we can see them shoot really? up. From the, oh yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. So you can. Um, Oh, you can reach out to your Astro Club members and see what places of interest they can come up with or, or post them on our um, our Facebook page. So just a couple, <clears throat> uh, being from Ohio, which I've never been here, but um, the home of Neil Armstrong in Ohio mm-hmm. <clears throat> or the Griffith Observatory in California. I've been there many times. 
um, I that was on our list, but we never made it. Oh, you gotta, you gotta come out here. You can stay with us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, or the Lowell Observatory in Flagstaff. No, we've been up there many times. Yes, I did too. Um, or let's see, or or the solar observatories that are all across the uh, across the country that we visited. Many of those, many times. Um, well, that's another that's another story. When we it, were 20, it is, yes. <laughs> when we were twenty one and tent camped all across the United States and visited all these uh, uh, solar observatories like Kitt Peak and Mount Wilson, Big and Bear, Big yeah, Big Bear, San Fernando. Uh, uh, we went up to Mount, Mount Palomar, which isn't a solar observatory, but. Well, I forgot all about San Fernando Solar Observatory. It's that's right in my backyard. I mean, basically, oh. it's like ten miles from my house. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. I forgot about them. Yeah, um, yeah. When we uh, Mount Wilson was pretty cool. What, what was your fame? Your your Sac Peak, Sac, Sac Peak New in New Mexico, Cloudcroft, uh. New Mexico. So, um, just a list of some observatories and planetariums people can visit on their field trips with their young people and their family, their wives, everybody. I'm big on families. Uh, the Kitt Peak National Observatory, mm -hmm. the Adler Planetarium. Uh, if you're so inclined uh, to go up to the uh, Mauna Kea Observatory in Hawaii, mm -hmm. which is what, 11,000 feet up? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Um, Yuki's Observatory, which hopefully will open again someday. Yeah. Uh, Griffith Observatory, McDonald's Observatory that um, we toured when we were at the Texas Star Party. That was that was pretty cool there. But there's so many. There's so many of them. I mean, right. from backyard observatories to uh, you know. Huge observatories, planetariums. We we went to a couple amazing uh, planetarium shows that you know are just so educational and just mm -hmm. you know give you a, a tour of the solar system without you know without leaving your right without leaving your seat. Right, the planetarium shows are amazing. I, I I don't believe they are operating at the current time, but when they do, you know, get out there right. and get out there and visit them because they're going to need yeah. all the support you they can get too. Um, so some star parties and outreach events that uh, we've been to that, and, and this is just a few, there's like so many more, but right. of course the winter star party down in the Florida Keys, the Texas star party, uh, astronomy festival on the national mall. Now let's go back to the, the winter star party you said was done this year or. Uh, it was done. Well, it was supposed to. It was supposed to open up, but it, it was canceled for 2021. And um, I think they uh, I, they just did a virtual. Okay. Did virtual you attend one. that? Uh, I did not. Okay. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, the Winter Star Party, Texas Star Party. Uh, Okie Tex. Mm -hmm. uh, the Grand Canyon Star Party. Oh, we, yeah. We went a couple times, um, and the Texas Star Party. You know, when they take a group photo, I always hold the R when uh, Robert Reeves is on the roof taking <laughs> up the picture. And my my saying is that I, you can't have a star party without the R. So you know, I'm an important part of that picture. <laughs> okay. 
So another thing that is so exciting and that people can plan for um, ahead of time is the um, is uh, solar eclipses. Mm-hmm. So experiencing a total solar eclipse, uh, 100%, you have to be 100% on the center, center line, is something that is a must-do with all fam- members of your family yep. or astronomy club members. So many of you might have experienced a 2017 total solar eclipse that traversed the country, which we did. We were up in Idaho, and mm-hmm. it was jaw-dropping experience. Right. Um, but in case you missed that, there's a second total eclipse that will happen again in 2024 that will also traverse the United States. Right. Which in and of itself is you know, just amazing within 10 years for two total solar eclipses to uh, right. be seen from the United States. So, <clears throat> so uh, you can find out everything you need to know at Elpo's eclipse section or at on the great American com. You can find maps, videos, how to view best places to go and so much more. And not to be overlooked are lunar eclipses. Oh, yes. Yeah, they they occur more frequently and chances of viewing one are better for your young people and for astronomy club members. So they don't and have you to don't travel. have to travel. You don't have to travel down to Chile or yeah. or Antarctica or wherever. Uh, so young people who experience a total, total solar eclipse might be inspired to become an eclipse chaser. And spend their adult life and all their money traveling. <laughs> all their money. Well, that's, that's what's funny because my wife. I mean, she 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 was excited to go with me to see the 2017 eclipse. That was her first one, and we, as the second totality ended, she looked at me. She goes, "When's the next one?" Yeah, that's I, what I, everybody's. I got to see the next one. When's the next one? I said, "Chile." She goes, "We're going." <laughs> yeah, we that, didn't, but <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of the plans for Chile was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, were canceled, but it, it happened nonetheless. Right. Uh, and and the good thing about that is that my my timeline was filled with my astronomy friends right. that had pictures of the uh, eclipse from Chile. So mm-hmm. you know that's the beauty of the the internet. Yep. Um. So yeah, that's so. Well, everybody says that. You know, we said that. Like as soon as the. Uh, the eclipse, two minutes was up. Yep. Uh, like, when's the next one? When's so, the next one? Yeah, the next one's in 2024 and it's going to last four minutes. Yeah, twice as long. So, I mean, I can't stress enough being on the center line. I mean, you could be a couple degrees off, right or left, but, you know, center line is where it's at. Yeah, I've seen photographs that show 99.9% totality and then 100%. And it's basically day and night. Yeah, exactly. You it's basically day and night. I mean, it's yeah. just like it's it's dark or it's not. Yes. So anyway, um, you know, you might regret this, maybe not, but you know, if you take your young people or astronomy club uh, members to an a, an eclipse, and they will be eclipse chaser and spend mm-hmm. the rest of their life traveling <laughs> to different locations, spending their you know children's inheritance, spending their allowance, whatever it takes. Um, but it's worth it. It's worth it to, <laughs> to capture a couple minutes of darkness. That's right. So uh, I'm sure 
any people out there that want to share their eclipse successes and failures on my Elpo Youth Program <laughs> group, they are welcome to do that. You know, past eclipses, their plans for futures, fail, you know, failure stories <laughs> <laughs> are just as entertaining as uh, success stories. It's yeah. in the clouds away. Yeah, I've heard some of Jen Winner's uh, mm. failure stories, and it's like, wow, it's just, her it, stories are amazing. <clears throat> <laughs> so that leads us on to space exploration. Mm -hmm. um, and that's part of, you know, part of what the Elpo Youth Program wants to uh, promote. Right. So here's the, here's the million dollar question. Why is space exploration important? Why do we explore? Well, for one thing, dinosaurs became extinct because they didn't have a space program. So <laughs> there you go. Done. Mic drop. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> space exploration paves the way for humans to survive in the long run. Uh, per NASA, we should undertake space exploration for the most basic of reasons, our self-preservation as a creative, non-stagnating society. <clears throat> so if you want to know more about NASA's full essay on why space exploration is important, um, you can go to www.nasa.gov slash missions slash solar system why space exploration is important. <clears throat> um, so <clears throat> from, oh, there's so, there's just so much you can get into, but I'm just going to touch on a, a couple of them. <clears throat> okay. um, from the first man landing on the moon, you know, there is so much to study from the, all the Apollo missions, you know, or just one, just one astronaut or just two astronauts or just one mission. Uh, Apollo 11 was the space flight that first landed humans on the moon. Commander Neil Armstrong and lunar mod module pilot Buzz Aldrin formed the American crew that landed Apollo lunar module Eagle on July 20th, 1969. Uh, goosebumps. So... <laughs> Uh, you can study the Apollo crew. crew. Uh, you can study. You can study the space shuttle era. Right. Uh, between the first launch on April twelfth, nineteen eighty one, and the final landing, final landing on July twenty first, two thousand eleven, NASA space shuttle fleet, the Columbia, Challenger, Discovery, Atlantis, and Endeavor, flew one hundred thirty five missions continued to set high marks of achievement and endurance through 30 years of missions, helped construct the International Space Station, and inspired generations. So that in itself can keep uh, your young person interested if they want to, you know, watch uh, YouTube videos and NASA videos about right. the space shuttles and just like, you know, you you don't you never know who who you're gonna touch by just showing them exactly. one thing, one but picture. Exactly, like you mentioned, you're a JPL Solar System ambassador. So am I. I've been for years, and um, 
what I want, and that's basically going into classrooms and, you know, educating the kids <clears throat> on space and what NASA does and things like that. And when I, I like talking about the International Space Station, because mm -hmm. it blows their mind when I tell them that every day that they've been alive, there's been somebody on the space station every day. Right. Every single day since their birth, there's <laughs> been somebody and they're just, we didn't know that. Are there people there now? Yeah. There's five astronauts up there right now or seven or however it might be at the time. And mm -hmm. it just, even the teachers, their minds get blown that they don't realize things like that, that that's how long the space station has been going on. And mm -hmm. that's how long it's been manned or womaned. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's, I think that, that right there. And then you show them the scope of the space station of how large it is and, and the type of experiments that they do on it and things like that. So it's, it's simply amazing. Yeah. Um, so from the, um, from the Apollo missions to the space shuttle missions to historic missions to the sun, such as the Parker solar probe, mm -hmm. um, Taking it full circle again, back to the sun. I'm sorry, <laughs> I have to. I have to represent. I know you do. I know. I hear Randy over there nudging you too. So, it's <laughs> like, put this in. So, um, what's interesting about the Parker Solar Probe? Um, well, we watched it launch in 2018 mm -hmm. from uh, Kennedy Space Center, but it's um, it's a robot. It's a robotic spacecraft, and um, you know, once they launched it. It's it's autonomous. There's nobody down at Space Center Houston, you know, saying do this and do that. It's up there. It's it's doing its thing. It's already orbited the, you know, does Venus flybys to get a projectory in and it's going around the sun, sending back data, collecting this and that. It just it's it's just amazing that um, we have that um, capability to do something like that. Um, and then just recently, uh, the um, solar orbiter was launched as well, and that that's a um, that's a uh, NASA and uh, European Space Agency uh, collaboration. <clears throat> so um, that's going to the sun as well, um, and it's kind of doing it's, it's studying the heli heliophysics, and it's basically taking images of the the poles, the north and south poles of the sun to uh, understand the, the heliosphere that we live in. So I think it's already sent back data from that. And, you know, uh, these kids, people can research like, well, how come, does, how come it doesn't burn up? Well, I know why it doesn't. Um, Maybe astronomy clubs or other people can research why these uh, Parker Solar Probe is going to get like within four million miles of the of the sun and not burn up. True, true. It's like uh, we we are we are recording this uh, February fourteenth. Happy oh. Valentine's Day, by the way. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> and uh, and in just four short days after this. Uh, podcast comes out hopefully mars perseverance will have landed successfully on mars oh i know that's and so that, exciting that's this week coming up so hopefully by the time this comes out we are we are looking at images from the martian surface as the probe is driving around that's a very elaborate i know rover. uh 
These so, are the types of things that can really get kids excited too. Oh yeah. And it's like, okay, this week, this month, it's all things Mars is taking mm-hmm. front and center. Like mm-hmm. there's so many missions going to Mars and perseverance is going to be landing. And we saw shows at the Kennedy space center when we went there again on the, on uh, Mars missions. And mm-hmm. um, so that, that was going to be my, my next thing here, have okay. have a have young people and astronomy club members um, uh, study all the Mars missions. You know, uh, I guess you know there's forty a list of forty nine and counting of spacecraft missions, uh, successful and unsuccessful unsuccessful ones relating to uh, the planet Mars. Uh, orbiters and and rovers so encouraging your young people to study mars and mars missions should keep them um pretty busy with an abundance of resources uh online and it's not Uh, only nasa missions though that are exciting i mean i i I sat a couple weeks ago and was watching youtube on the starship launch from texas elon uh, musk starship i don't know have you have you have you watched any of those the the ones that don't have so so much successful they're 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 over two with successful landings but they're pretty <laughs> they're pretty impressive launches and the maneuvers that they do yeah. the belly flop and the float down and things like that he'll get it figured out but it's 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 amazing to see what because i i work for nasa i worked for nasa for like 30 years and mm-hmm. he can do things that we can't do because he's not restricted. It's his company. It's a public, right. it's a private company. He can do, you know, he, he can light the engines at zero minus, turn them off 30 minutes later, light them up again and launch. I'd have yeah. two weeks worth of meetings to figure out what happens. So, yeah. You know, well, the whole space. And, and that's, and that's another um, exciting thing about this, the space program is that mm-hmm. it's just not NASA and it's not right. just, you know, the different big countries. It's like, SpaceX and or Blue Origins and whatever other ones they they are uh, you know. Virgin Galactic and yeah. yes. <clears throat> um, one thing about the uh, space link thing is that um, some of those were intended to to crash land. They were abort tests. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't think the last one was, but um, it's pretty impressive to watch its uh, demise. It's impressive. I mean, like I said, working from NASA for 30 years, we learn a lot from failures. Yeah, yeah. And and that's what he's doing. He's learning, okay, this doesn't work, this doesn't work. Well, let's try something different next time. And that's... That's that's why it's testing. That's why it's called an experimental spacecraft. You know. Yeah, he's the he's the Tony Stark of our era. <laughs> Don't tell him that though. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so anyway, um, there's so many resources online. Um, uh, there's uh, posters, stickers, facts about this is all uh, related to Mars and Mars mm-hmm. missions, mission patches. You could try the photo booth online, send your name to the next mission right. to Mars. Um, I am a frequent traveler to all these uh, <laughs> missions. I have frequent flyer miles on all these uh, uh, NASA missions. Uh, there's a quick guide to TV programs, get Mars-related webcasts for learners of all ages, along with lessons and activity for students. 
uh, get notifications about landing opportunities, programming, other mission uh, information, uh, plus a, a landing stamp for your your virtual passport. Mm-hmm. So you can conduct online with other space enthusiasts, ask questions, get answers from NASA experts, get a special badge to share online or print at home, uh, and watch um, the NASA broadcasts. Uh, that can be found at mars.nasa.gov, mars2020 slash timeline slash landing. But I'm sure as the time gets closer, there you can you there's not going to be any uh, um, uh, there's there's going to be a plethora of links that are yes, just going to show the the perseverance landing and like i said this is going to come out after that happens so right hopefully it's successful landing yes um so another exciting thing was spacex's dragon launch Mm -hmm. that ushered in a new area era uh for americans in space uh the falcon 9 rocket carried uh the company's crew dragon spacecraft launched from complex 39a uh to the International Space Station with NASA, NASA astronauts Robert Benkin and Doug Hurley on board on Saturday, May 30th, 2020 from the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. So what was awesome about that was that uh, it was the first American astronauts once again launched on an American rocket from American soil to a low Earth orbit to the International Space Station, the uh, first time since the conclusion of the space shuttle program in 2011. So that was that was the big deal about that. So they're already um, they already selected the crew for the the second uh, crew launch. So they've got their crew all picked out for that. Um, so I think one last thing here that's exciting is the Artemis project. So if people don't know what that is, they can research it. They can have their young people research it. And, um, it's humanity's return to the moon, the Artemis project. So it's the moon is just going to be a stepping stone to Mars. So the Artemis project says we're going to the moon, then to, then to Mars. With the Artemis program, NASA will land the first woman and the next man on the moon by 2024 using innovative technologies to explore more of the lunar surface than ever before. They will collaborate with commercial and international partners and establish sustainable exploration by the end of the decade. Then they will use what they learn on and around the moon to take the next giant leap, sending astronauts to Mars. So, I mean, that just gives me goosebumps. And um, I'm excited about the new, uh, the, the opening of the, the space, the space program. I mean, but there's, you know, I'm excited about uh, space programs because that's my thing. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I 
push the solar because that's his thing, but it is <laughs> exciting. Um, but there's, you know, there's so much more, you know, the STEM, um, you know, astronomy and, you know, right. even, even through books, like there's historic astronomy books that, you know, if people, if kids or young adults aren't hands-on into looking at the sky, like maybe they're, they like having their head in a book, which is right. okay rather than video games. Well, the nice, the nice thing about astronomy too, it's, there's so many different fields that a person could dive into. I mean, it, from look, we mentioned earlier, look at the moon, looking at the sun, you know, astrophotography, measuring double stars, looking for comets, you know, discovering comets. We have a number of comet discoverers we talked to on this podcast, you know, and a, a few months ago, I talked to a, a young man, I think it was 14, 16 years old, that was building his own telescopes. So it's just like, even that is a thing that the youth can, anybody can do, but to get excited about this hobby, that's really what we want to do. We want to promote amateur astronomy. We want to, we want to promote the association of lunar and planetary observers. And I'm sure if there are school teachers or, or scout leaders out there that are listening to this podcast, I'm sure they can get a hold of you and you can help point them in some directions to help motivate these kids as well. Yep. Fantastic. Um, Okay, I think that's that about covers it for now. But you know, I encourage everyone to to uh, join the Elpo Youth Program on on Facebook, and also go to the the different sections on the the Elpo website and uh, contribute lunar pictures, solar pictures, um, just just yeah. Get involved and spread the information, contribute. I appreciate any contributions. I mean, these people, I'm like, oh my gosh, look what he posted. Look what she posted. I'm so <laughs> grateful. And just like, I'm grateful that they contribute. I'm grateful when they take back to their right. group, whatever I, I post. So, um, so anyway, thank you, you for, um, you like them to hit that share button. I do. <laughs> A lot. I'm like, oh, look at they shared. They, someone actually shared my post. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, Pam, what I'll do is I'll put your email address and also a link to the Facebook page in the show notes that people can get from this podcast. How's that sound? That sounds awesome. All right. Well, again, wish you a happy Valentine's Day and thanks for coming on the podcast today. Okay. Thank you. Take care. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Observer's Notebook Podcast. I again want to thank Pam to come up, for coming on the podcast and giving us an update on the ALPO Youth Program. Please check it out. We upload a new episode of the Observer's Notebook every few weeks. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. If you do, please rate and review us. I really appreciate it. And you can also listen to us on Apple Radio, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Google Play, Stitcher, and that little box that listens to every word you say in your house, Amazon Echo. You can help support the podcast by donating to it via Patreon by giving up to $35 a month, where you will receive one year's membership to the Alpo and producer credits on the podcast. And with that, I want to thank the producers of this podcast, Steve Seedentop and Michael Moore, for their generous support of the Observer's Notebook. Thank you very much. The link for Patreon, as well as the link for the Alpo, is available in the show notes. If you have a, a programming question, you can contact me at cometman at cometman.net or on Twitter at, at @observersnbpod. Until next time, my hope is you always have clear and steady skies. Thanks for listening.